Welcome back to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. Like always, I am your host, Victoria Lynn. This week, we have an incredibly special guest as we are being joined by your Miss District of Columbia, Jude Mabonet. Jude, thank you so much for being here with us. We are so excited to have you. If you wouldn't mind taking a second to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your community service initiative. Yeah, oh, I'm really glad to be here with you. So I am Jude. I live in Washington, D.C., and I'm representing the District of Columbia this year at Miss America, which is a really cool sentence to say. Um, I work in an investment management-focused law firm, and I'm currently applying to business school, which I'm really grateful for the scholarship money that I've won to put towards my MBA. My community service initiative is called Check Your Heart, and it really focuses on preemptive heart screenings, CPR awareness, and AED awareness for everybody. I was diagnosed with heart disease when I was 17 years old. I had my first heart attack when I was 16. And between the ages of 16 and 18, I had six heart attacks. And so my goal as Miss District of Columbia and just as Jude is to get people to take their preemptive heart health seriously, to get an EKG, to get an echocardiogram, and to be CPR and AED aware because heart attacks are when you have a blockage or a stoppage to your heart, but sudden cardiac arrest is the number one killer of people under the age of 25 in the United States. And so it's really important to be able to, you know, step in and save a life should you ever need to. So can you talk a little bit about how you got your diagnosis of having heart disease, especially so young? Yeah. So like I said, I was on, uh, I was 16 years old and I had my first heart attack. I was on a very standard six mile run. I was a competitive distance runner, ended up running four years of vision one track and cross country, which is crazy, I guess, when you hear kind of where I came from with my health anyway. Um, and so it was about a year and a half of testing. I spent a lot of time out of school and I was really embarrassed by um, having heart problems and then later finding out that it was heart disease because we're often taught growing up that if you have heart disease, it's your fault. You didn't exercise, you had a poor diet, you were smoking and drinking and all these things. But in my case, that wasn't true. And in the case of so many people, that's not true. And so I was diagnosed on a random Tuesday when a test came back abnormal after they'd been coming back normal for you know months and even a year at that point. Um, and so I was really fortunate that we got that diagnosis and we were able to start treatment and that was kind of touch and go for a while, but I have been without a problem for over 10 years now, which is great. So by the grace of God and good medicine, I'm here and I have the opportunity to, you know, share that story and encourage other people to also, you know, look into their own cardiac health. Wow. I feel like it's a really common thing that we hear anymore that young, really, really healthy people, especially athletes are being diagnosed with heart disease. And it's scary to think about because I think you made an also a really great and, and common point that, you know, it's typically associated with being unhealthy or having blockages. And it, it's, it, I just, I have no words to really describe how, um, how impactful that might've been and how scary that is. But I, I applaud you for turning something that could have been a really horrible situation into a really awesome positive for people everywhere. I appreciate um, that. Thank you. Yeah. But sustainable development goal three, which is good health and well-being, which our listeners who come back every week are super familiar with at this point, um, because it's a goal that comes up so frequently on this podcast. Um, usually when we're talking about it, though, we are talking about it through the lens of mental health. But today we're really going to be focusing on physical wellness which is something I'm super excited about. So according to the CDC, though, 
one in every five deaths is caused by heart disease in the United States, obviously making it the leading cause of death among Americans. You know, as a heart health advocate, what can the average person do baseline just to take care of their heart? Yeah. So, you know, all those things that you're told are the causes of heart disease. You can simply do the opposite. It's, you know, I think that there's balance in everything. So, you know, eating well, whatever that looks like for you, getting some form of exercise every day. I mean, that's great for your mental health, but it's also great for your physical health. Um, getting a preemptive heart screen, an EKG, and an echocardiogram, just to make sure that everything that is pumping the way that it should and things are, you know, connecting the way that they should. And also stress management is huge, which also stems back to the exercise piece for a lot of people or finding a creative outlet to, you know, help yourself manage that stress. Because one thing that we found for me is I'm more likely to have a cardiac episode if I'm under, you know, an insurmountable amount of stress. And so finding ways to relieve that stress is really good for your physical health. Um, the American Heart Association puts out a lot of graphics about potential things that someone can do to find stress management. One of the things they recommend is getting a pet. I have a dog. I think he's more of a source of stress for me because he's a diva. But, you know, having like a companion, an animal, someone to talk to about that stress and that tension in your life is really important, not just for your mental health, but also for your physical health. And I do believe that that's something that's often overlooked. But, you know, finding the right balance of diet and exercise for yourself is always a good first step. So before somebody gets to the point where they might suffer a heart attack, what are some important signs that they should look out for in terms of knowing that they may be at risk of having heart disease? Yes, especially for women whose symptoms are often seen as melodrama and over the top and are frequently ignored in the U.S. It is so important. If you are having tightness in your chest, if you find yourself feeling short of breath or like your breathing feels like you're breathing through a straw, if you feel nauseous, if you feel pain in your shoulders, if you feel extremely tired, like all of those can be symptoms. And so the first thing that I always tell people is if you feel like you're having a panic attack, maybe, but it's not a panic attack, if you're not having something that would induce that, go get your heart checked. Too often things are, you know, tossed by the wayside and told you're told, oh, you're just being dramatic or you're not managing your stress well. But those physical manifestations of that stress or those physical manifestations of a cardiac issue are not to be ignored. So definitely get it checked out if you feel any of those symptoms or even symptoms that I you know, failed to mention. So what are some good ways that people can or, or resources that people can use in order to get CPR certified or to learn even how to use an AED? Well, the American Heart Association has hands-only CPR information all over their website, which is great. There's also an organization called Simon's Heart that I work with, and they are based in the Philadelphia area, um, and they do incredible work. They have something called the CPR Jukebox. So if you're not following them, follow them. It's at Simon's Heart because they will teach you handling CPR, but they will set it to a song. And that song will have the beats that are adequate to give CPR to. So in a few weeks, they'll be down in DC and we're going to be teaching hands-only CPR at an event in person here with something that they call their CPR jukebox. And so, you know, you often hear the song Staying Alive is a good one to do CPR to. There are tons of others. Rihanna has a couple songs that are appropriate for CPR. So you can kind of find your jam and learn hands-only CPR and put it to a song so that if the time ever comes where you need to implement it, you have that song going in your head so you know what the pacing should be on that. 
every time somebody brings up staying alive, I can just picture that scene in the office when oh, Michael yes. <laughs> trying to go at it. And it's probably one of the funniest things, but I agree. I think it's a great, it's also a great tool. Um, it's how I learned how to perform CPR. Yes. Um, and the other thing I'll say though about AEDs is, you know, you can also get AED information from the American Heart Association, Simon's Heart. But if you're ever in a situation where you need to use one, the AED will tell you what to do. They are super, super user-friendly. They are super clear. You don't have to be AED knowledgeable to use one. And I know that for a lot of people, like I'm AP, I'm AED certified and CPR certified. And that gives me like a sense of confidence in knowing that I'm not going to hurt someone, but you cannot hurt someone with an AED. It will not operate if they don't need it, if they don't need it to be um, operable on themselves. And so just if you need to use an AED, don't be nervous. Don't be shy. The machine will literally talk to you and tell you what to do. So in teaching people, how has education played a role in promoting your community service initiative? Well, so I'm really excited because I have had the uh, Miss DC title for a few weeks now. And so that's given me a lot of opportunities to kind of connect with hospital networks here in DC and organizations that are just doing good things and want to continue this work, especially around CPR and AEDs post, you know, what happened to Damar Hamlin last January. And so we have a few projects that are going to be rolling out in the DC area that are all focused on, you know, CPR and AED education. And we're getting into schools and we're getting into sports teams and it's going to be really exciting and really dynamic. And I'm excited to be part of that with them. But the most important thing for me is if you're not going to just get your own heart checked, it's important to be aware of the symptoms and aware of the signs and aware of how to do the CPR and the AED so that you can save others. So the knowledge piece is really integral to my community service initiative because if nothing else, my goal is to protect hearts and save lives. And that saving lives part comes directly from that knowledge of CPR and AED awareness. All right, so switching gears a little bit, tell us about your journey into the Miss America organization. What did it look like? How did you get to be in the role that you are as Miss America DC? Oh girl, let me tell you. So I told you when I was 16, I had my first heart attack. And during that time, I was not in school a lot. And I was lying in bed a lot. <laughs> and I had a lot of time to think. And I kind of thought, it's kind of a morbid thought at 16, but I was lying in bed and I thought, if this is the end of my life, because there was a time where we really weren't sure, you know, I was frequently going to bed and wondering if I was going to wake up the next day. My mom would come in and shake me awake in the middle of the night. Just, I think that it was really, just really difficult time for my whole family. But I thought if this is the end of my life and I'm 16 years old, I've had like no fun. So I need to have some fun. I need to do some cool things. I need to find like cool people. I need to like make a legacy and make a life for myself. And so one day I was lying in my bed and I wrote this bucket list and I wrote that I wanted to compete for Miss America on the bucket list because I knew nothing about it. And everything I knew about pageants, I had learned from Miss Congeniality. So, and toddlers and tears. So I thought, what kind of dumb person does that? Like, that's so intriguing. This will be so dumb. I'm going to do it. So fast forward two years later, I'm a freshman at American University here in DC. And I get this email that says, Miss DC is looking for contestants. And I said, oh, God has a sense of humor because here is this idea presented to me on a silver platter via my email. So I showed up to the info session at 18 years old and the executive director who is still the executive director 
she just scared me. She was like, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to wear these shoes. You got to change this up. But I said, whoa, no way, lady. I'm not doing this. But my college teammates convinced me to go out the first year. I competed, no prep, just vibes. I did terribly. I walked out in swimsuit, saw my dad in the audience, did this weird like little shrug thing. I should send you the photo. Did this weird shrug thing, did like a jazz square. I'm not a dancer. And then walked off the stage. I made one friend. It was the girl who won that year. We are still very, very good friends to this day. And I just decided I had a great time. I'm going to come back again. Competed the second year. Again, no prep, just vibes. Third year, I thought, if I put a modicum of effort into this, I wonder what I could do. I ended up being fourth runner up to Brianna Kinsey, who was top five at Miss America. Great lady. Great friend. And I thought, you would have thought I won the whole thing. Oh my gosh, they gave me my fourth runner up flowers. I'm waving to the audience. I'm losing my mind. I was hyped. So then after that, I decided I should invest in this process and invest in myself through this process. And I competed again and again, ended up being first runner up a couple of times, third runner up once in there. And then I aged out in 2021 as first runner up. And as we all know, Miss America uh, had some more changes, new leadership and new, uh, age requirements, which gave me one last opportunity to compete. So reluctantly, I came back this year, initially reluctantly, because, you know, it's hard to put yourself out there. It's hard to be vulnerable. I think that you know from the experience that there's a lot that goes into this. It's not just a pretty dress and a talent. It's, you know, getting really real with yourself and your why and what it is that you want to do for your community. But I had felt that I was living the life of a Miss DC for those six years and those seven years prior to actually winning. And so when it came time to do it, I just said, I don't really have to do that much work because I firmly believe that I already am a Miss DC. And if that's going to be recognized and that's going to be celebrated this year, cool. And if not, also cool, because I had already grieved the loss of what I thought was the dream. And so it just gave me this piece about being able to go for it and have fun. And, you know, it worked out for me. So that's cool. But I think my advice to everybody is you just can't count yourself out. And I just didn't want to have the what if I didn't want to know, like, what if I'd given it one last shot? Could I have gone to Miss America? Could I become Miss America? Could I have met my best friends? I don't know. So I owed it to myself and I owed it to the people who invested in me in this process to give it one last shot. And I'm glad that it did that I did because I'm having a lot of fun. I think, first of all, I can't help but laugh. Like you are so funny. Uh, Like your comedic timing is wonderful. (laughs) If nobody's told you that, I will tell you that. But I love, I always love listening to people's stories about how they got to where they are and why they do this and what kept bringing them back. And you made what I think is a point that everybody needs to learn in this organization. And A, it's that, you know, you just go for it to go for it because statistically you're going to lose but (laughs) statistically only one of us walks home with whatever title it is Um, but the fact that you were already doing the job that is something I say all of the time to people is you have to be doing the job to get the job Mm. like it's it doesn't matter what you say you're gonna do who cares you have to prove that you you can walk the walk and talk the talk and so I have been following you um 
over the last couple of weeks since you've won to see everything and kind of been doing my research and snooping. And so it was, it was very cool to see how your whole journey has kind of come to this. And I'm glad that you did come back because we need more women. And I totally recognize and, and like relate to that feeling of being a runner up and feeling like you won the whole thing. I was <laughs> a runner up this year to Miss Pennsylvania. And I, you could have sworn that I had taken the taking the crown home because well it feels good it's a great you're like man I was a contender these people saw something in me and it makes you want to just like keep going I mean it's such an honor to be a runner-up I mean I think at the end I was kind of like all right I've been first runner-up a couple too many times but you know I would say maybe after one or two times of being first runner-up you're probably one One is cool two hurts (laughs) two hurts I get that I could see that Um, but so what does your year as Miss DC look like? Oh my goodness. So like I said, I've had the most time to prepare for this job of Miss DC. So I firmly believe that I have to be one of the best to ever do it. Or like, what's the point? Because I've had so much time. And so it's been exciting. I am doing a lot of projects with our local hospital network here in DC to get preemptive heart screenings available to the public for free. So we just had a meeting about that today. So that's coming down the pipeline. I spend a lot of time at Children's National Hospital. I spend a lot of time with our veterans coming into DC through the Honor Flight Network. And so, you know, a lot of people have asked me, how has your life changed? And it really hasn't because again, these were all things that I was doing already, but it's just fun to have the Miss DC program behind me. And what's even more fun is to have the women who are on stage with me on June 10th with me. And so my goal for the year has been to be a Miss DC who is more in jeans than gowns. I want to be doing the real heavy lifting. I want to be with my neighbors experiencing homelessness, you know, providing basic dignity and necessities to have a hot shower and a warm meal. You know, like that's what I want to spend my time doing. And galleries are fun. And that's how you meet people and get people connected to the program. And I've done a plenty of those and there's more to come, but I want the year to be a reflection of the people in this city who are often marginalized and underrepresented. And I want to bring the women who are on stage with me on June 10th with me. And so I'm excited that I've already had some of them join me at events and they're going to be at a parade on the 4th of July representing the Miss DC organization. And so it's going to look like a year of real service. It's going to look like a year of jeans and dirty sneakers and late nights and early mornings and heavy lifting because that's the kind of person that I am. And that's the kind of Miss DC I wanted to be. And we're going to look cute doing it because girl, we got to be glam, but you know, it's going to be a year of real work and hopefully tangible change because I'm fortunate in the sense that my state in quotes, not really a state, but my city is really small. So I have the ability to be a lot of places all the time, which is great. But I'm also grateful that I have an incredible group of women who are also representatives of this organization who are just as excited as I am to get out and to pour into our community. Wow. I am so excited to see everything that you do between now and Miss America. And and if you don't become Miss America, everything you do for the rest of that year, because this is, it's so exciting to meet title holders, but it's really exciting to meet state title holders because it's a dream. It really is a dream. We all say that, but to see people living that dream is even more exciting. So before we go, I'm going to ask you the question that I've asked every single guest who's been through this podcast. So Jude, 
What is one piece of advice that you would give a young person that wants to help create positive change in the world? Mm, that's a good one. It's a lot of places this could go. I think my advice would be you have to, well, I, I, so it's twofold. So fold number one is you have to make sure that you are good. You cannot invest in other people, pour into your community and be present for other people all the time if you are not taking care of yourself. And that's mindfulness, that's mental health, that's your physical health, that's making sure you're getting enough sleep, that's drinking your water. Drink your water, please. You know, you have to make sure that you are good. And once you are good and you are whole and you are fine, then you can find your thing. Maybe it's the environment. Maybe it's your community. Maybe it's your your school or some kind of issue that you're working to make better for everyone else in the world. Whatever it is, find that thing and just go all in on it. I'm someone who's guilty of loving so many things and always constantly like beep bopping around. But the things that I really make an impact and the things that I can really change, the, the cardiac issues, the heart health stuff, that is what I give the most of my time to. The majority of my time goes to that. So find the things that you love, pour into as many things as you can, be broad, be dynamic, but find your real passion and give it your all. But make sure that your cup is full first because it's really, really hard to pour into others if you yourself are not right first. Jude, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been so awesome getting to hear your story. And like I said before, I'm so excited to see what you do in the coming weeks and and throughout this year. But to our listeners back at home, you can learn more about Jude's mission by following her on Instagram at Miss America DC. Learn more about how you can help achieve the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals by following us on Instagram at Sisters in Sustainability Podcast and at Sustainability Starts With You. Join the hashtag SysPodNation today and remember that sustainability really does start with you. Thanks for listening.